My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait. Everybody calm down! No! Buck fans, we made it. Football is back. Bucks, football is back. I cannot stay calm. Michael Scott, I appreciate you trying to get us all calm, but it's here. We've been waiting so long. Seven months of no real Bucks football. It is back. Guys, welcome back to the Talk of the Plank podcast. I am your host, Ashley, and today we're going to be doing a game preview against the 49ers, and whoo, I'm riled up. I have all day been looking at things about what people have to say about this game, um, some predictions I've seen, and I came across a video of some 49ers fans dissing our stadium, dissing our team, thinking that they're going to come in here, um, eat our snacks, fucking... Just, just dominate the Bucks. Jimmy G came out and said we have to dominate them. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> this is this is gonna be a more emotionally charged podcast episode, guys. Um, for those of you, I know a couple of you followed me a year ago when I first really started talking about the Bucks on my Twitter page, and you know, here and there, live tweeting the game. Um, so those of you who <laughs> who've been along for the ride know how outrageous um, and hyped up I get about the games. Um, my, my tweets are kind of out there. I talk a lot of shit during the game. I get really excited, really into it. Um, but that's how this podcast is going to be because I'm fired up. I am fired the fuck up. And I I apologize for the profanity, guys. It's it's been a long day. It's been a long week of work. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm getting excited. Um, this is the real first time in a while I've been this excited about a Bucks game, especially after last year's pitiful season. Eh, hmm. Yeah, so after, you know, after that seven-game losing skid that ended, you know, halfway with beating the Cleveland Browns uh, on a whim on a 59-yard field goal in overtime to barely win that game that stopped an eight-game uh, eight skid, um, I really haven't had this much excitement, you know, going into a game. I'm now, I'm looking forward to... I at work today. I was looking forward to to Sunday more than getting off of work, and that hasn't happened for me in a while. So uh, this this is going to be exciting. Um, I, we've got a lot to break down. We've got matchups. Um, we've got predictions. I'm going to do some stat predictions. I, I've never done them, you know, on a podcast or any kind of thing like that. But it's something new. Something I'm going to try. And then I'm also towards the end of this episode, guys, going to be doing an around the NFL prediction. Why not? Right. If we're going to include our team, our favorite team, the Buccaneers, why not include everybody else? This podcast, when I first originally started it, I wanted it to be just about the Bucks. Um, but, you know, I'm going to include things from other teams here and there. I mean, why not? It's a football podcast. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. We're going into the 49ers game this weekend. Now, game ones are pretty, pretty different, pretty weird. Um, defenses are still getting on their feet. Offenses are still installing their playbooks, especially when they have a new coach, just like the Bucks have with Bruce Arians. So, what to expect, really? What are we going to see from this first string offensive line against this formidable 49ers defense? And a lot of people are kind of pushing over the 49ers because we beat them two times in a row now, both in 2016 and 2018 by a formidable amount. But they've gotten better on the defensive side of the ball. Like, really good they've got d ford they added nick bosa 
They also added Quan Alexander, an ex-Buck, John Lynch, an ex-Buck as their GM. So, you know, what are we going to see from that offensive line? Is Donovan Smith going to get his ass run over again? I hope not. You know, Donovan Smith has everything you love about an a left tackle LT, but he also has some of the things you don't like to see at all. You don't like to see players take off plays or look a little slow or try and take a couple steps back and kind of slowly get into their rhythm, you know. Donovan Smith, I've defended Donovan Smith a couple times now. Um, I think he was the best option at left tackle. I think he at times has shown that he can hold his own against some of the best in the league. Um, So I think that he's going to come out a little pissed off, a little bit angry, and good. He should, you know. He's a grown-ass man. Let him come out there and shut some of you guys up. (laughs) Um, You know, that defense is going to be – that defense kind of worries me a little bit. Um. I'm always going to give respect to any team that the Bucks play. Uh, if you don't, you're you're an idiot. Sorry to be so so frank and so sorry so frank and so blunt, but that's just how it is. You can't go into a game thinking you're going to pile drive somebody by 80 points um, because you think their team is shit. That's how you lose football games. And this this team should not be taken lightly by any means. You know. Uh, that defense is good. That defense may not have the best cornerbacks, and I love Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, um, when he was with Seattle, was one of my favorite defenders. You see Mike Evans talking about Richard Sherman as one of his, actually his top defender to go against, one of his favorite defensive players of all time. So their defense is going to be an interesting matchup. Alex Kappa starting at right guard. That worries the shit out of me, even though I've dubbed his lanes that he will eventually create for Rojo and Peyton Barber as hashtag Kappa Valley. You can use that, but you, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up uh, what is it copywriting that <laughs> eventually <laughs> once he starts to play really well. But yeah, it, it's what's what is going to what's the team that's gonna show up? What is the offensive line that's gonna show up? Demar Dotson, as much as I rag on Demar Dotson, he's kind of been solid throughout this preseason. He missed a couple whiffs. Um, a couple blocked assignments, but the guy's also pretty damn old. Um, so that's that's my biggest matchup this week. That's why I talked about it first. Why I'm kind of bringing it up right now is, can the Bucks slow down this 49ers pass rush? Can they? Can they stop Nick Bosa? Can they stop D Ford? Can they stop Quan Alexander? Can they stop these guys from getting to Jameis Winston? Now Jameis Winston has shown even in the preseason, that he's now holding on to the ball a much better fashion. Two hands on the ball, eyes down the field, feeling pressures quite well, and a small sample size, of course, but he's looked really good in my opinion. But like we saw last year and the year before, you cannot have your quarterback running for his life every play. And we saw that a lot during the Cleveland game. The Bucks cannot have that same kind of performance on Sunday where Jameis is going to get pummeled. The team will lose by three scores if they play that way. This Just the facts. I'm a very blunt person, so I'm always going to try and give you guys how I think it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat shit for you. That's just what I've seen on tape, and I've watched both of these games a million times, both the 49ers games and the Bucks games. We need that offensive line to show up like they did against the Steelers. We need Alex Kappel to be solid. Now, you know, he's practically a rookie at this point because of how little he's played, which is fine. You know, I'm not expecting the guy to be a number one guard in the NFL, okay? But he's got to hold his own. Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen, really not too worried about. Donovan Smith, I think he has what it takes. My biggest concerns on that offensive line right now are 
Alex Kappa because of lack of experience and Damar Dotson because of his age and, you know, sometimes he, he gets beat pretty bad. Uh, Donovan Smith sometimes gets beat pretty bad on bull rushes. It's just facts. I'm not hating on anybody, like I said. I'm a Bucks fan, okay? I have my opinions. I, I see what I see on film. I've already said that I think that Donovan Smith is the left tackle for the Bucks. He's had very, very bright moments and not so bright moments. I think he has the potential that to really be that guy, that anchor, that blindside protector for Jameis. So before one of you come out and say some shit about me attacking anybody, I'm not. I'm just keeping it real with you all. Um, that that 49ers defensive line knows. They know that they can get to Jameis. They know if they get to Jameis, he's going to be off his game. Even as good as Jameis is on the run. Even as good as Jameis is outside of the pocket. He can't run all game. You can't run for 60 minutes. That offensive line has to show up pissed off, angry, and ready to play football. Now, going on to our second section here, I'm going to talk about the quarterbacks. I'm going to start with Jimmy G. And again, I'm not hating on Jimmy G. I don't think Jimmy G is shit, but I don't understand why he's hyped up like the next coming of fucking Tom Brady. I don't understand it. He's never played, I don't think he's ever played a 16-game season. He had, he just, I don't get it. The stats aren't there. Last year, he played a couple games and had, what, five touchdowns and three interceptions? I just don't understand what the hype is about. He had a couple good games. He played nine games in the past two seasons, and they gave him this massive asinine contract. Now, again, I'm not hitting on Jimmy G, but I don't understand how you get that payday without really showing anything. Is the... Is the uh, the resume of being a, a Patriot that like mean that much? Does that mean that anybody who's ever been a Patriot's gonna get a payday like that? I just I don't see it. And we saw a lot of Jimmy G. The second game of the season looked like absolute dog shit. Okay, absolute dog shit. He had what was it six attempts? He had one for six for zero yards and three passes that should have been intercepted. Had two batted balls. His first four passes were. Batted down ball, interception, batted down ball, should have been picked. That's it. And he had two more passes. He had a com- one completion for negative, not negative, but no yardage, okay? And that was mostly due to the pressure the Kansas City Chiefs put. I'm not the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sorry. Who did they play? The Broncos. I'm sorry about that. They played the Broncos in week two, and it was mostly due to that Broncos pass rush. Um... Guys like Shane Ray, number 69, uh, Von Miller, of course, Bradley Chubb, they got in Jimmy G's face. He looked uncomfortable. He looked pressured. He looked nervous in the pocket. And that's what Tampa has to do if they're going to win this game. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and that's that's just one game. That was his, I believe, first action ever since week three of 2018 when he tore his ACL. Um, and then he, he bounced back um, week three against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs don't have the best record of having a defense, especially in the passing defense. Uh, they were kind of on the target there with the Bucks last season, but giving up some big yards and big plays. But Jimmy G looked good. <laughs> I'm not Listen, I'm a Bucks fan through and through, okay? But I'm not going to sit here and just act like he didn't have good plays. I'm never going to take any kind of talent away from a player. It's just not who I am. You can be a fan, but you have to give respect and props when it's due. He looked good. RPO was great. Getting the ball into the receiver's hands, letting them take it up the field. Had a great touchdown pass to Matt Breida in the end zone. He looked really good. And 
That's the two sides of Jimmy G at this point. This is going to be his first full game since 2018, week three, when he tore the ACL. So it's going to be interesting who we see. Can Tampa, you know, provide enough pressure? Can they make Jimmy G uncomfortable? Is he going to be 1,000% to go? Is he still having pain? Is he unlimited at all? We don't know. Um, but the Bucks have also made guys like Case Keenum look like fucking Superman. Guys like Derek Anderson look like fucking Superman. So this Bucks defense has to get to Jimmy G early. They absolutely have to. Jimmy G can hurt us. Uh, Jimmy G has had some good games over his career. Again, like I said, don't think he deserved that massive contract, but he can hurt this team if the Bucks are going to take him lightly. They cannot. Jimmy G has, you know, a good touch on the ball. Like I said, I'm going to give the guy props. He has what it takes to be a good starting quarterback in this league. I just don't think he's proved enough to earn that kind of contract or that kind of hype around him. But he can, he has the weapons. He has George Kittle. Um, the Bucks neutralized him quite a bit against their in their last matchup, and that's what they also have to do. I'm going to get into him a little bit later. Um, they have their speed guys. Marquise Goodwin, who's one of, if not the fastest player in the NFL right now, who's making plays down the field. Dante Pettis, I believe, is going to be able to go after hurting his groin. They've got a really nice rookie in Debo Samuel, who I like a lot. I wanted Debo Samuel to go to the Bucks in a later round, but he got scooped up pretty early, so... The Bucks definitely have their hands full, especially with being such young cornerbacks. Um, we can't take Jimmy G lightly. Jimmy G has to have guys in his face 24-7 if the Bucks are going to win this game because Jimmy G will hurt us if we take him lightly. Now, on the other side of the ball, or other, other team now, we've got Jameis. Uh, again, a very small sample during the preseason, but Jameis hasn't looked bad at all. Um, the only thing I saw Jameis struggle with again was deep balls. Two of them, really. One on Bashad Perriman, who Perriman had this man beat. And I don't mean just, oh yeah, he, he had like three or four steps on this guy, and Jameis just blatantly overthrew him. Um, so, Jameis has to get better at that. And I've been a Jameis, a Jameis person for a while, you know, I think Jameis has what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. He's shown some amazing things, you know, broken rookie records, holds a couple NFL records, is one of, if not the best NFL quarterback, uh, Buccaneers quarterback in history. But he has to improve on the deep ball. If he's going to be the type of quarterback that Arians and, you know, Bucks fans alike think he can be. Um, he's looked really well protecting the football. He's been making money decisions, not money throws. I will take a money decision over, uh, you know, a home run ball every, any day of the week, any play, if you can make a money decision and make it that your guy's going to get the football on your team and create positive yards, I will take that every single time over a home run ball. Home run balls are nice. Long, deep passes are great. It gets the crowd hype, gets your team into it, gives you some confidence. But Jameis has to be more concerned about moving the football and moving it meticulously down the field to get the, the, the Bucks some points on the board. Um... And he's done just that, um, especially during the Steelers game and the Miami game. He was able to utilize, you know, the mismatches on the field. Chris Godwin, when Mike Evans was out with the back injury, was showed up and showed out. You know, he can be a number one on this team. God forbid anything ever happens to Mike Evans. Knock on wood or knock on wood if you're with me. 
<laughs> John Gruden and the whole Antonio Brown thing. I'm sorry I had to. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, God forbid if anything ever happens to Mike, Chris Godwin has what it takes. And I think we saw that. He had the most yards on the team. He had, I think, what, six catches for 49 yards or something like that. He looks fantastic this whole offseason. I think he's going to have a great year. Uh, but I think he was able, Jameis, was able to utilize the mismatches. O.J. Howard, um, on a linebacker, on any linebacker, he's going to win 100% of the time. There was a throw that he made to O.J. Howard where he had the linebacker draped all over him, but he put it up to where only O.J. Howard could get it. Now, O.J. Howard is 6'6 and 250 pounds, so there's not many balls the guy can't catch. So I think Jameis now is more, more making decisions that's best for the team in the long run. I think that he understands now and kind of sees that the damage he can do if he just takes his time, takes what the defense gives him, and go from there. You don't have to constantly make the big play. Now, he did that in Florida State, which was fine. He's one of the best college football quarterbacks in history. But this is the NFL, and this is a team game, and this now has to be about the Buccaneers. And not saying they did anything selfish at all. I'm just saying that there comes a time where the home run ball has to be not the first thing on your mind. They're great, like I said, but money decisions over money throws any day of the week. Um, the The biggest question for me this week with Jameis is, can he be cool under pressure? It's no secret that the 49ers are going to get to Jameis at least once during the game. Okay, let's be realistic, you and I, real quick. It's not going to happen to where the offensive line has no sacks, has no bad plays, you know, plays with the the strong intensity every single play, you know. We're going against real NFL starters, real guys who have great accolades. They're all first-round picks, I believe, on that um, 49ers defensive line. So it's no secret that the offensive line and Jameis are going to have a rough night. Not a rough night, but they're going to have their hands full, okay? It's going to be a hell of a battle. I'm really excited to see that. It's going to be a question of can Jameis keep it cool under pressure and continue to make money decisions? And I think he will. I think with the coaching of Arians, Arians now is going to adjust to what he sees on the 49ers defensive line. Uh, Arians has a 6-0 record against the 49ers, which, again, really doesn't mean too much. But if you're into that kind of thing, you know, you could be into that kind of thing and give yourself a little bit of a <laughs> extra boost of hope. Uh, <laughs> but those are those are the breakdowns of the quarterbacks for me. That's what I see. I think that both quarterbacks are going to have opportunities especially against this young Bucks secondary. Um, I think Jameis will have his opportunities with the uh, loss of Jimmy Ward on the 49ers, broke his finger. I think going for a tackle on a jersey, had surgery on Wednesday uh, and will not play against the Buccaneers on Sunday. So the Buck, I'm sorry, the 49ers will be without one of their starting safeties. Um, maybe Jameis can exploit that. You know, the Bucks have the plethora of weapons. They now have, you know, Chris Godwin in the slot. Mike Evans, who, you know, was out today with his illness, but I bet you dollars to donuts he will be playing on Sunday. Love Sherm. Don't think he's going to miss this game unless he's seriously sick and dying, but again, knock on wood. I think uh, Mike Evans will be just fine. O.J. Howard, Brashad Perriman, uh, guys like Justin Watson, if there's ever like a five tight end or five wide receiver set, you never know what Arians could dial up with this offense. Um, so that's going to be one of the biggest matchups to watch. And then there's the defense. 
of both teams. Uh, the Bucks defense, can they get to Jimmy G? Now, this has been the best thing I've heard all day. I was so excited. Uh, Levante David and Vita Vea have been cleared to play. They are a go for Sunday. And that is the biggest thing the Bucks could have asked for. The best thing the Bucks could have asked for going into this week one game. Now, everyone kind of got really nervous about Vita Vea hurting himself and during the training camp. You know, I thought personally that it wasn't looking too good. I thought ACL, um, just from my medical background, again, I'm not a doctor, but I am an EMT. I've seen a lot of sports injuries. Um, I've seen, uh, you know, even with myself, when I played sports, a uh, couple of injuries myself. So when you see things like that, it's never good, especially with a big man over 300 pounds. Anytime a big man's knee bends the wrong way, it's never a good thing. Um, but thank God that, you know, it was a minor LCL sprain and he was able to come back into practice this week. Levante David, we know, had meniscus scope um, or a, a, a scope in his knee done. Uh, missed all of training camp, all of the preseason, and he's now back, good to go. This is what the Bucks, the best scenario the Bucks have asked for. They're going in nearly squeaky clean, healthy into the season. Um, the only two that have been ruled out as of this podcast being recorded is Blaine Gabbert and, of course, Justin Evans. As far as the other injury report, the only one listed is Mike Evans. Like I said, I don't think he misses his game. I really don't. I think he's going to be just fine. So for those of you worried about, you know, Big Mike or those of you who have him in fantasy, start him this week. <laughs> Unless you hear otherwise, start him this week. I think he's going to be doing quite well against Richard Sherman. Now, again, Richard Sherman's a great guy, but he's not what he used to be after that ACL. So it's just it's going to come down to can this defense now with Nandamak and Sue, who we all know is one of the most rumored mean guys in the NFL, especially after stomping on somebody when he was with Detroit. Can he and Vita Vea and Carl Nassib, who got promoted to captain, um, captain of the defense along with Avante David and, you know, Bo Allen and, and William Golston, can rookie Devin White get after Garoppolo? How is Levante David going to be against Kittle? Um, can this defense really band together and get opportunities for the secondary? Can that defensive line and the linebackers like Shaq Barrett, um, are we going to see more linebacker blitzes? Are we going to see more corner blitzes? Can this defense create opportunities and create pressure on Garoppolo to give the young guys? Now, we're going to have a lot of young guys starting this week. I believe it was Vernon Hargraves coming into his fifth year. Now, he's still relatively young, has a lot to prove. Carlton Davis in his second year. MJ Stewart in his second year. Can the defensive line in that front seven create opportunities for the Bucks to get takeaways? Now, Arians has said it himself. He loves what he's seen from the defense during the preseason. They were able to get their hands on balls, create turnovers, um, create pressure, you know, get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly and inaccurately, and that's going to be a very big part of the Buccaneers' success, not only in this game, but for the entire season. Um, that's going to be interesting to see. I don't know just how healthy the 49ers' offensive line will be. I know their center um, was a little iffy with a knee injury, as well as Joe Staley. I remember talking to somebody about him being a little worse for wear. Now, Joe Staley, as some of you or maybe not a lot of you know, is an all-pro. He's one of the best to ever do it, one of the best in the league, and won't be taken lightly at all. But as we know, in the last game that the two teams had together, 
Vita Vea was able to get some 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 pressure on uh, Nick Mullen by pushing back on Joe Staley. So that's going to be an absolutely phenomenal matchup. Um, Vita Vea against the center, Vita Vea against that off- interior offensive line. Um, but the biggest thing for me is going to be can that team, can that defense really rally around each other, communicate well, and, and get those pressures that they need to force some turnovers. This defense has a lot to prove, okay? The Buccaneers have been getting ragged on since last season ended about how bad their defense is. And rightfully so. The Bucs deserve it, in my opinion, especially for keeping Mike Smith... Oh, Mike Smith. Mike Smith um, and Dirk Cutter on the coaching staff for so long. They deserve it, okay? When you give up 400 yards a game, you deserve it. And now, again, I don't think it was a talent issue Besides a few guys looking at you, Chris Conti, and Brent Grimes. <laughs> um, outside of a few guys, I believe it was just a coaching issue. Um, that's why we've seen such a big leap from guys like Carlton Davis and MJ Stewart. Um, guys who last year looked like maybe they were misses on draft picks. Looked like maybe they weren't cut out to be cornerbacks. That was why MJ Stewart was kind of being shifted into being a safety because they didn't know if he was able to keep up with some of these wide receivers. Um, even myself didn't really think that these young corners were who the Bucks thought they were when they drafted them. So to see them really thrive in this new aggressive 3-4 defense kind of makes you think um, this was a coaching problem all along. Now, I'm not saying the defense is fixed by any means. I'm just saying that the Bucks defense has looked incredibly to a, a brand new defense, in my opinion, um, compared to where they were last season. And the stats, again, only preseason. Yes, I know. I understand. But the stats don't lie at the end of the day, okay? The Bucks were able to force a turnover at least one in every single preseason game. They had three in the last game. They had, what was it, I believe, three interceptions and two fumbles? Or four? Or something like that. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, their first game, they allowed, I think, 329 yards to the Steelers. And then over the last three games, it was 230 and then 145 and some 200-something other yards. And that's that's cutting your average of last season in half. <laughs> you, you were giving up 400 yards. Now you're giving up 250 or 200 and 145 to Baker Mayfield? I'll take that any day. That's... <laughs> I will take that any day of the week and especially twice on Sundays. So I think this defense is going to come out pissed off. They've been getting ragged on all week, you know, saying they're 49ers fans and their team think they're going to come in and dominate. Um, I think this defense comes in pissed off, and I hope they do because these guys have looked great. They're getting pressures. Todd Bowles is dialing up some of the most beautiful blitzes I've seen. Shaq Barrett. Damn it, Shaq Barrett. <laughs> so good. Oh, so good. He's looked phenomenal. Guys like Carl Nassib, guys like Dayon Buchanan, these are guys that they needed to bring in to bring that swagger back to the defense. The team has this uh, like aura, this this feeling around them like they know what they're supposed to do now. It's not guessing, confusion, surrender Cobras for 60 minutes. No one, no one knows where they're supposed to be at and giving up, you know, 18 yards of cushion on a third and four. Okay, this is not the same defense. Now, I'm not saying they're fixed again. I'm just saying they look like they know where they're supposed to be 
and they're getting to the ball. They're just swarming the ball, and it's, it's such a great sight to see, especially after last season. So um, if they can get the Jimmy G, I think the Bucks will have their opportunities. I know it's just practice, but Jimmy G did throw five consecutive interceptions, and then again in his first game back got, you know, out of sorts, got pressured, looked uncomfortable, and threw a pick, should have had two picks um, in that game. So I think if the Bucks can get to him early and often, they'll have opportunities and make plays. Like I mentioned before, the Bucks will be going up against some very young 49er wide receivers. Marquise Goodwin is, I believe, the veteran on the receiving corps outside of Kittle, of course, um, who was their number one target. He, he will be for the rest of the season, I believe, um, until one of those true wide receivers steps up. Then they have Dante Pettis, who has kind of been a weird situation. Um, I've monitored it a little bit because obviously he was the first team. He was on the first team that the Bucks would play. That he hasn't really taken that next step. He's kind of been in and out of it as far as you know taking the next step and kind of regressing a little bit during the preseason. He's kind of in of it. He's kind of out of it. Blah 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 blah. So, and then you have the rookie, like I said, Debo Samuel, who made some incredible catches. I mean, some incredible catches during the preseason. I think he's going to be very good for them. So, um, even with that youth on the wide receiver side of the ball for the 49ers, um, this Bucks defense has to be vigilant. They're, they're fast. They've absolutely got some speed on that team. Um, Matt Breida, I believe, is their starting running back. Um, Ex-Falcon Tevin Coleman will also be accompanying him in the back of the, of the uh, backfield. And... I don't know if any of you remember last season's game, but Matt Breida tore us a new one. Uh, Matt Breida had quite a few yards against us last season. He was, whew. He's probably one of the more exciting guys in the league that don't get a lot of respect, but Matt Breida is not someone to take lightly. He's slowly becoming a more known name, and rightfully so. Uh, so the Bucks have got to be vigilant. They've been pretty decent against the run again in the preseason, so that'll be another interesting matchup. Can these linebackers both Avante David and Devin White, especially being a rookie Devin White, can he make the plays that the Bucks think he can? Um, can he translate that success from LSU to the NFL? And this is going to be the first time that he's really been able to, to let it loose. Um, he's had a couple of drives here and there. I think he had one drive against the Steelers, a quarter against Miami, and not a whole lot during Cleveland. Um, he's, he's come close to a couple sacks though. If you guys go back and watch these games, Devin White is getting there. Devin White has put on a couple pressures now on different quarterbacks. Um, especially Baker Mayfield and John Rosen, Josh Rosen. Um, there was one that Josh Rosen was going to throw a slant, um, to a wide open guy. Someone blew a coverage on the Bucks side of the ball and Devin White, if Rosen didn't have that slant, would have got pummeled. I mean, Devin White got there a half step late. Just a half step too late to clobbering somebody. And he's anxious. I don't know. If, I know some of you follow Devin White on um, social media and on Twitter and Instagram. He is itching to go. He's been anxious. He wants to show not only the Bucks organization, but show the rest of the NFL that, yes, I'm worth a fifth overall pick. I'm worth taking that chance on because of what I can bring to this team, to this franchise. And I think Sunday he has a good game, a, a big game, um, making tackles and causing a lot of pressures and getting in on plays and commanding the defense. Um, he's going to be having that green dot in his helmet. Now, last year it was Levante David after now 49er Quad Alexander went down. But 
Devin White will be commanding the defense on Sunday. He has the green dot, meaning he has the coach in his helmet. He is going to be the one dissecting the plays on the offense, or from the offense, and calling coverages, audibles, all that on the f- defensive side of the ball. Okay, and that's a lot. That's a lot to put on a rookie who is going to see his first real game time on an NFL field. Now, like I said, he had a couple drives, but this is a full 60 minutes of football. Okay, this is his first chance to really show what he's got to this team. And at home, the Bucks are at home for the first time in forever during a week one. Forever. That stadium is going to be insane. Insane. So, it's, it's exciting. The whole, every matchup that I've listed so far has been absolutely just so fun to think about because this is real football again. Like, this is counts. <laughs> and this, I don't think the Bucks could really ask for a better team to go against. There's a lot to like on both sides of the ball. George Kittle. George Kittle is literally OJ Howard cloned. They're both six foot six. They're both, I believe, 250 and 250 pounds and 255 pounds. And they both run a 4.5 and a 4.51. They are genetic clones of each other and both have great ball skills. That's going to be one of the best matchups to watch to see if the uh, the linebackers, Quan Alexander and Fred Warner can handle O.J. Howard, if Devontae David and Devin White can handle George Kittle, the game plan, uh, it's going to be an exciting matchup. There is one group, one position group on the Buccaneers that I have not talked about yet for good reason. The running backs. Now, the Bucks had and will probably have going into the season, one of the best offenses in the NFL. And they did so last year without a running game. And I mean, a really non-existent running game. God bless you, Dirt Cutter. God bless you and your need to throw the ball 45 times a game. May you rest in peace in Atlanta, where your career will probably fade out. (laughs) But seriously, that running game this weekend... It's going to dictate a lot of things. It's going to dictate how much of the offense the Bucks can really unveil and throw at this secondary of the 49ers. As you guys know, the running game helps create a lot of play action and stuff down the field because when you're worried about the run, you're not thinking about the pass. You're thinking about how can we stop this team from gouging us for 10, 15, 20-yard runs. There's a running back competition, for those of you who don't know in Tampa Bay. It's Peyton Barber's job to lose at the moment. Okay, I believe so. Only because we haven't seen what Ronald Jones can do yet. They've been nearly identical, identical throughout the entire preseason. They've both looked really well. I think that Ronald Jones understands the playbook more. I believe he's hitting the hole with more confidence than he did before. I think he knows his assignments a lot better. His pass blocking has some work to do, but as far as him getting positive yards and making runs that will help this football team, I think he's improved tenfold. Peyton Barber's looked nifty as hell and very agile on his feet, making cuts and just getting up the field and breaking some tackles. Now, there were a couple called back due to some insanely questionable holding calls. And I mean, probably some of the weakest holding calls I've ever seen called against a team. 
But he's looked really good, even on the calls that got called back. He's looked pretty damn good. Um, and then there's the third running back who beat the ex-Cardinal, Andre Ellington, and that's Dare Ogumbawale, RB3, okay? This kid, he's got some juice in him. I think he is going to be the primary third down back, catches passes out of the backfield, and he has the juice, the elusiveness, and just the, the grind, the turning of the legs that we used to see in Doug Martin. And so does Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, to get me wrong, but it, it's exciting to see that the Bucks have three young guys who are eager and hungry and to show and prove what they can do on this team. The running game is going to be the biggest outside of the offensive line and Jameis making money decisions. As much as I love the wide receivers on this team, most of you know I'm a big Mike Evans fan. I talk about him constantly and, and how well I think Chris Godwin's going to do. I'm excited to see OJ Howard come back healthy. This running game is going to create such just there's going to open up so many doors for this offense to take it to even higher levels if they can get this running game initiated. Um, and they're going to have a tough task. Like I said, this 49ers front seven is, is tough. You know, they're going up against Quan Alexander. And I know some of you are mad about Quan going to a different team and him leaving Tampa. I get that. I wasn't too happy either. But at the end of the day, he made some amazing plays for Tampa. I miss him. Um, I'm sure most of you do too. And he's a hell of a player. He's going to have a great game this this uh, this week. He will be playing, for those of you who are wondering still, I've seen a couple things on, about that on Twitter. Um, he will be playing. He's looked very good in the preseason. Hungry as ever. Has made some really nice plays. So that'll be a fun matchup to watch him against these running backs. Um, but that, that rushing attack needs to be the third priority on the list, like I said. Um, for the offense. For the offense, of course. Um, the offensive line holding their own. Jameis Winston making money decisions, and then the running backs, how well can they produce for this in this offensive line, in this scheme, and against this 49ers defense? Um, I think, though, that when it comes down to it, this game is going to be a lot closer than me or any Bucks fan really wants it to be. <laughs> I think that possibly could start out a little slow new offense like I said new coaching um you know the 49ers are hungry to prove a lot of people wrong too they had a rough season like we did last season they've got new defensive toys Jimmy G is back there's a lot of hype around him but I do have Tampa winning this game this is a very winnable game for Tampa they uh, like I said I, I respect the 49ers and I know with the talent they have on that team I just think that when it comes to scoring points on the offense, the Bucks have just more firepower. And if the Bucks defense can be half, just like 50%, even 25% better than they were last season, they can win this game. Um, they just have to be efficient. They have to stay clean. No interceptions, no giveaways, okay? And they have to take the ball away. Um, my score prediction for this game, I'm going to go, I think it might be a shootout, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I'm going to go... 30 to 24 bucks. I got, I like the Bucks at home. I think a lot of people are excited. I think that stadium is going to be packed. I think people, I know there's a lot of 49ers fans that are actually going to be coming into Tampa as well. I've seen all week about their invasion, all week about them coming down and coming in and rah, rah, rah. Great. That's cool. There's a lot of hype around this game. Both franchises are hyped up for the season. Both 
fan bases think that their team can make the turnaround this season. And I think the 49ers will be a good team. Um, I really think they do. That's that's just speaking the facts here. But I really think that these two teams are looking to to really take their franchises, take their team to the next level, get back to the playoffs, make a run, and stop the rut they've both been in. So I got the Bucks winning this game, but I think it's going to be closer than we want. And I think that uh, Mike Evans has a big game. I think Ronald Jones shows out a little bit. I think Shaq Barrett has a couple sacks. I want to see Via Veda get involved. Um, I think Quan Alexander will have a big game. And I think out of all the weapons the 49ers have, George Kittle and Debo Samuel will be their biggest targets um, for the game, as well as Matt Breida. All right, so like I've said, I'm going to do a, cu- just a, qu- just a quick rapid fire of the games I think will be most interesting this week. I'll also do some who I think will win. Obviously, we're not going to do Thursday night's game because it's now Saturday, but Cleveland at Tennessee, I think Cleveland destroys Marcus Mariota, especially with their uh, linemen being suspended for some PEDs. Uh, Baltimore and Miami. Miami is tanking for Tua. Hashtag tank for Tua. I love Baltimore's defense. Um, Earl Thomas is there now. They had a great defense last year. Lamar Jackson looks like he's starting to have better accuracy with his balls. So I'd like to see what Mark Ingram can do now in the black and purple coming from New Orleans. Uh, next up, we have Atlanta at Minnesota. Riding the Kirk wave. Hashtag ride the Kirk wave. Kirk Cousins, I think, will bounce back after having a mediocre season last season. Dalvin Cook is healthy. Uh, Matt Ryan is going to Matt Ryan, okay? As much as I don't want to admit it, Matt Ryan is a great quarterback. Okay, I said it. Matt Ryan's good, okay? <laughs> uh, Julio Jones, not too sure if he's going to play. Um, at this time, it's Saturday. The game hasn't started yet, so I don't know. Just because of that, I'm going to take Minnesota. Buffalo at the New York Jets. Now, my brain tells me to take Buffalo with that new defense. Josh Allen has looked great. And their quarterback, Josh Allen, has also looked pretty solid at the end of his rookie season. But my heart, as many of you, many of you may or may not know, is with the Jets uh, as my AFC team, thanks to my dad and the lineage there. So I'm going to go with the Jets in that game. I think Quentin Williams has his way with the offensive line. Le'Veon Bell... I think we'll have some success against that Bills team and with that Jets offensive line. Um, With the Washington and Philadelphia Eagle game, this one's actually kind of hard because I think the Washington Redskins have a great defense. Now, some of you are laughing. I get it. All right. Washington Redskins. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Finished, what, 7-9? Yeah, okay. But they added Landon Collins. They traded back up to get Montez Sweat. And now they have Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Ryan Anderson, and guys on that defensive line that can wreak some havoc. They also have Darius Geis coming back for the first time after tearing his ACL last season. So I think um, Washington has a chance in this game, but I'm going to go with Philly just because um, Philly's at home. Philly has Carson Wentz. Philly has also on Jeffrey. Um, they have now have Jordan Howard. I think it might be a little bit too much for this young uh, Washington team, so I'm going to give Philly the edge there. Rams at Carolina, I'm going to take the Rams. Aaron Donald against a not 100% Cam Newton's all I have to say about that. Christian McCaffrey's going to get his yards, no, ba- no doubt about that. Christian McCaffrey is a hell of a weapon. I think he's going to have another 100-yard game, but I think the Rams take it in this one. 
Kansas City against Jacksonville. Patrick Mahomes is all I have to say about that. Patrick freaking Mahomes. Jacksonville has some great defense, but I think Kansas City outpowers them. Uh, Chargers at Indianapolis Colts. If Andrew Luck was still here, I might side with the Colts, but the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, uh, I don't think the Melvin Gordon thing is really an issue at this point. They've kind of moved on at this point. Uh, and I, th- I just think that Mike Williams and the Rivers connection is strong. So I'm going to take the, the Chargers there. Seattle at Cincinnati. This really doesn't have to be explained. It's Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and that brand new toy on defense, Jadavion Clowney, along with Frank Clark. There's really not much more I need to say about that. Cincinnati doesn't have a chance, in my opinion. <laughs> Dallas and New York Giants. The Giants are a laughable franchise at this point until they put Daniel Jones in. Daniel Jones actually showed some things that I'm kind of impressed over. But until that happens, they're not going to win many games. Uh, Zeke is back. Zeke just got re-signed. Still don't like Dak Prescott. Think he's a sham. But I like Amari Cooper and his connection. So I'm going to go with Dallas there. Detroit and Arizona, this is probably going to be the most boring game of the week other than seeing Kyler Murray run around with his shit offensive line. Uh, I think Detroit pummels him. Tampa Bay and San Francisco, y'all already know how I'm riding with the Bucks. Uh, New England against the Pittsburgh Steelers, Sunday Night Football. They're always going to be a good matchup, but I just think that Belichick um, has the edge. They don't have Antonio Brown, thank God, in some aspects, but I do think the... Belichick week one thing is going to happen, so I'm going to take New England there. That would be a good game. Um, Houston in New Orleans for the first Monday Night Football. One out of two with a doubleheader. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, Jadavion Clowney is no longer a Houston Texan, but J.J. Watt sure is. Drew Brees is going to Drew Brees, one of the best in the NFL. That'll be a fun one to watch. I'm going to take New Orleans. I think their weapons are too great. Michael Thomas had a lot of catches last season. I think they exploit that young Texan defense. And then to round out the week, uh, we have the second game of the doubleheader, Oakland against Denver. What the fuck is going on in Oakland right now? I <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just don't see them coming back from this weird Antonio Brown thing, leaking conversations and such. I just, I don't, I don't see them winning. I, any, Antonio Brown's going to play as of right now, as of, midnight Sunday or Saturday morning so I guess we'll see how that develops um as far as we knew at one point he was going to be suspended and not play Monday and now he is going to play Monday he recently released a video of him saying uh no more games this is my fucking life um which he recorded illegally by the way recorded a phone conversation with John Gruden his head coach um in which John Gruden said can you just stop the shit and play football how hard is that so I don't think that's going to work out very well. I think there's going to be some animosity. This can definitely be a subtraction for week one. I'm going to take Denver um, in this game. Philip Lindsay's been very good. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, they're a hell of a duo. I like Emmanuel Sanders coming back from injury. So those are my picks this week. Um, guys, listen, before I let you go, go to the fucking Bucks game. Go to Ray J. Get loud. Get proud. You guys are willing. You guys are there. This team needs the support of you guys, okay? They've been working their ass off. We've got Bruce Arians. We've got a heading, a winning coach, his lineage, quarterback whisperer. We got an aggressive defense. We got the weapons on offense, okay? We've got everything we've been missing. Go out and support this team, okay? Don't leave them hanging. Don't sit at home. Go to the game. Have some fun. Get loud. Get proud, all right? And go Bucks.